All right, well, this morning, uh, I'm going to preach a little bit of a non-traditional message. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different than what you would typically hear here on a Sunday morning. Uh, here at West Point, we greatly value the Word of God, and uh, we've been preaching through a number of different books of the Bible. Um, we just finished a series in the book of Psalms, and looking forward to doing that again in the future. Well, today is going to be a little bit different in that parts of this message are going to sound a little bit maybe like a TED Talk. Now, I promise you that it's not a TED Talk because TED Talks are only 17 minutes, and I'm going way longer than that. No, uh, but what, what I'm sharing this morning is grounded and rooted in Scripture, and we're going to reference a couple of different passages of Scripture this morning. Uh, but I, I want to just share something about being a healthy person. And, and mostly I'm going to focus on being a spiritually healthy person. That's what I care about the most because I'm your pastor. And, and I believe that whether we're spiritually healthy or not, that has eternal implications. But I also believe that God cares about the other areas of our lives, and he wants us to be healthy in every part of our lives. So let me just show you what I mean by sharing this verse with you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I actually read this a couple of weeks ago. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's, it's clear from this passage of Scripture that God cares about more than just our physical health. He cares about more than just our emotional health. He cares about more than just our spiritual health. In fact, a healthy person is healthy in all three of those areas. It says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. That means your spirit, uh, your, the spiritual part of you, your soul, that's your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, the things that make up who you are, and then your body, all of them need to be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in order to be healthy as a person, you need to be healthy in all three of these areas. And for me, as, as I looked at all three of these areas, each one of them um, presents their own struggles. And I would say that, that if we were to be honest here today, that there are certain elements of health whether it be physical or emotional or spiritual health, that, that we all wrestle with in certain areas. And some of them come easier than others for some of us. Uh, I think for me, with all of these areas that we're going to look at uh, in groups of three, that one of them has been relatively easy to master. One of them I've learned to develop, and one of them I'm still wrestling with and struggling with. And it requires constant work and maintenance. But let's, let's take a look at uh, these three areas, and let's start with physical health, and, the, and then we'll spend a little bit more time as we get to, to spiritual health at the end here. But I think there are kind of three factors that affect our, our physical health. And, and I, I would list those three things as, as your diet, what you're putting into your body, activity and exercise, and then rest and sleep. Now, diet, what you put into your body, is probably the most important factor on whether or not you're physically healthy. Uh, in fact, the Bible actually talks a lot about what we put inside of our bodies. It tells us that, that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, it talks about gluttony. It talks about drunkenness. Um, another way that it talks about our, our bodies and, and honoring the bodies that God has given to us is, is sexual immorality that, that, that leads us down a path that's, that's sinful and wrong. Um, it also talks about laziness. Did you know that one of my favorite Proverbs is, talks about the lazy man? And you know what it says? It says, the lazy man says, there's a lion outside, Right? It's not because there's a lion outside. It's because he doesn't want to get his lazy butt out of bed. So he's going to hide in bed and he's going to use every possible excuse to stay there. Now, when it comes to physical health, I'll just be transparent this morning. One of uh, the areas that I tend to enjoy and, and don't really struggle with is the idea of activity or athletics or exercise. I've always enjoyed that. I played sports at a young age. It's always been something that's, that's been fun and exciting for me. And I don't really wrestle with like just, you know, the idea of wanting to exercise, like getting out and exercising is fun for me. It's become something that I've enjoyed. And throughout the course of my life, I've learned how to um, value a good night's sleep. Now, that's not to say that there aren't nights where I don't get exactly as much sleep as I need, but I've learned a principle of getting to bed at a decent hour and, and finding time for rest and recovery and how that's helped and impacted my overall health. Now, when it comes to food, I'll tell you this. I like pizza. I like pizza a lot. I mean, I, I think about it often, okay? <laughs> And it's been a constant battle since, you know, maybe when I turned about 15, 16 years old and, you know, didn't have an endless amount of calorie burning potential. Like this idea of wrestling with how much to eat and what to eat and what to put in my body. And it's not that I don't like food that's good for me. Like I, I actually like kale, okay? But if I was given the choice between kale and pizza, pizza wins every time. And, and it's this battle of, of, you know, what do I put in my body? What do I eat? What's, and all of those things contribute to the overall health. But here's the thing that, that drives me the craziest. You can be super strong in the other two areas, but if you're missing in one thing, it can completely derail you. And not only that, it will affect the other areas as well. So in other words, if you are good at physical activity and you're good at, at going to bed at a decent hour and resting, but your diet is off, it will affect your ability to be able to exercise, and it will also affect your ability to be able to sleep well. Same thing goes if you take one of those other things and you're deficient in one of those other areas, it will negatively affect the other areas of your life. Can I tell you something? God cares about your physical health. Right? It's all over scripture. And, and if I had time this morning, I would go through and show you all the different things that God says about how we're supposed to treat our bodies and take care of our bodies and honor our bodies because they're a temple of the Holy Spirit. But we need to understand that your body is a gift. And Paul actually talks about, about putting our body in submission. He says, I beat my body and make it a slave. That doesn't mean that he treats it badly. That means that he doesn't allow his body to determine what his actions are. If you allow your flesh to dictate your behavior, you're going to end up in an unhealthy state every single time. But if you're led by the Spirit of God, 
and your body comes under the submission of the spirit, then you can be in a healthy place. So physical health is important, but also emotional and mental health. And I think this is something that's so critical in this particular time in our world right now. I believe that mental health is one of the biggest struggles that our world is facing. Uh, We see it even in the schools, how a lot of our kids are struggling with with mental health. And there were three factors that, that I looked at that contribute to mental health that as I was as I was studying this, that these three things came up. And, and this might surprise you a little bit, but here were the big three. First one was time management. How you spend your time. We'll come back and talk about that in a second. The second one was relationships. Not surprising, right? The people in your life have an effect on your emotional health. And the third thing was how you deal with stress. So let's, let's go back and, and talk a little bit about time management. Now, all of us have different areas of our life that take up time. We have work, we have family, we have social engagements, we have personal time. And all of these things are important, but not all of them are the same level of importance for every person. For example, you might be somebody that, in, that values incredibly that personal alone time, and all you need in life is just five minutes of silence, right? Anybody like that? Like, oh man, if I could just have five minutes of quiet, of peacefulness, of just personal time to myself, alone with my thoughts. Um, some, for some people, it's, it's a finding that balance of what's right for you, of what will bring you to a, a healthy state. Um, and I believe that all of those areas are important, regardless of who you are. Um, One of the things that I've learned over the years is that there's a difference between vacation and trips, okay? Uh, I'm a family guy. We have three girls. Uh, They have a lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm. And so when we go on a family vacation, we don't call that vacation anymore because it's not restful. Like, that's a trip. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. It's a blast. We have a great time together. But it's not a time of relaxing. When I get away with just my wife, that is vacation, right? We get to enjoy that time. We get to relax. Um, When we're out with the kids, it is a manic experience. (laughs) And it's a blast. But understanding the differences in those things and knowing what you need in your life is really important. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about personal time, too. Can I, can I just make a suggestion this morning, and you're probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but you'll get over it, okay? I would highly suggest that when you have time to yourself, when you have personal time, that you would do something other than spend it in front of a screen of some sort. Now, I mean, we tell this to our kids, too. Like We, we have limits on the amount of time that we allow them to interact with the screen, but as grown-ups... We can be even worse, right? Because there are so many different options for entertainment. And, and, and some of you would even say, well, not only is my time in front of a screen my personal time, it's also my social time because I play video games and I put on a headset and I'm talking to other people who are playing the video game with me. So I got my social time, I got my personal time. What you really have is your brain um, wasting time, okay? Okay. <laughs> Now, 
that is not like real friendship. That is not real relationship. That is not health, healthy time by yourself. Can I, can I make a suggestion? Personal time is in, incredibly important. Get a hobby. Find something that you can do on your own to get away, to relax, to refresh yourself. Um, it's, it's something that can be incredibly beneficial. It's something that can be physically beneficial as well. Uh, and I also want to say this too. Um, research has shown that most people are introverted in general. And, and if that's you today, uh, this balance of personal time and social time, if, maybe if you had your choice, you'd say, I would rather have just no social time and all personal time. Introverts need to push themselves to be in social situations. It's, it's important for you to be healthy, to be around other people. And extroverts, you need to find time by yourself where you can be alone with your thoughts, where you can practice self-reflection. Um, just because you lean one way and have a tendency doesn't mean that the other part of that is not important as well. All right, let's talk a little bit about relationships this morning. Uh, I want to say this. You can't avoid all the difficult relationships in your life. It would be wonderful if you could. I think some of us would say, yeah, that, that actually would be great. If I could just, all the toxic people in my life, if I could just, just never interact with them again. <laughs> but here's the deal. It's not necessary to have healthy relationships, to avoid those people completely. Learning how to manage those difficult relationships is what's really needed. Like maybe you have a difficult relationship with your boss or maybe with some family members. I just had a conversation the other day with someone who's dealing with a difficult family member. Um, and that can be incredibly difficult because you're kind of stuck with them, right? It's, it's forced interaction. But learning how to establish boundaries is really important. Learning how to have healthy conversations. Learning how not to go down the rabbit trail that leads to a destructive relationship is really important. You, can I say this too? It's really important to learn how to relate to your spouse. Right? Sometimes the most difficult relationship that you can be in is with the person that you're married to. And, I, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's learning how to interact with each other, learning how to speak to one another in a healthy way, learning how to care for one another in a godly way. Um, that can make those relationships healthy. And then the last part of emotional health is stress. Now, it's not possible to eliminate all stressful situations from your life. In fact, um, if you have no stress in your life and you have nothing that's, that's causing you stress, then you're probably avoiding everything in your life and you're probably not healthy in that way either. But it is possible to learn how to cope with your stress, to gain the tools that you need to deal with stressful situations. In fact, the Bible actually talks about this. It says one of the most important things that we can do is to bring our stress to God tells us that we're to cast our cares on Christ. Why? Because he cares about us, right? He doesn't want you to carry those burdens alone. The Bible also talks about believers sharing one another's burdens. Listen, if you're going through life and you're carrying all the weight of all your stressful situations by yourself, then you're not doing it right. 
In fact, uh, one of the things that we're doing this week is we're launching our small groups. And, and one of my hopes for these groups is that they would be a place where people can gather together and share each other's burdens. When you're going through something difficult, to have somebody to come alongside you and to pray with you and to encourage you and to give you an encouraging word can be an incredibly amazing thing. Now, personally, I'll share a little bit once again where I'm at kind of in this emotional health thing. I've never been a stress-filled person. I've always been pretty laid back and, and I've generally always had healthy relationships, but time management for me is a constant battle. And as I've grown older, I can be pretty ADD. I can be distracted by anything at any moment. In fact, you probably realize that while I'm preaching. It's happened like four times this morning already. Uh, but the thing is, like, there are tools that you can use to get your life under order so that you can balance out those time management principles. Um, one of the most amazing things that, that we did for our family and for our marriage was to create a shared calendar. Now, that may sound simple, and, but it has been life-changing for us because we know what's going on. And when you have three kids and you have different sporting events and school activities and church events and, and all the different things that take up our life, just knowing what we're doing has, has been an incredible benefit. And it's something that I'm still learning and growing and developing in. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about is spiritual health. And I want to take a little bit of time here this morning because I believe that this is the most important, the most significant one. If you're coming from a spiritually healthy place, it should flow into the other areas of your life. right? If we start with spiritual health and we're in a good place um, with our relationship with the Lord, it should affect the, our emotional health. It should even affect our physical health as well. And so three areas of spiritual health. I'm going to just refer to them as spirit, as word, and as church. And, and what I mean by spirit is, is our intimacy with God, our relationship with God, our connection with him. Now that can, can um, be demonstrated in a few different ways. One of them is, is prayer. Uh, one of them is meditation on scripture. There are things that require you to be alone with your thoughts, that, that require you to, to spend some time listening to the voice of God, that, that um, give you the opportunity to share what's on your heart. Uh, and it's so important to our Christian life. And then the second thing is the Word. Are you studying the Word? Are you, are you learning what it means to be a follower of Christ through the Bible. We believe that the Bible is our ultimate authority, that it's, it's what gives us direction for life, that when we have a question about what's right or what's wrong, that we should turn to the Word of God for our answers. And when I'm, when I'm talking about the Word, I'm not just saying um, it as an interesting book that's about philosophy or something else, but that it's, it's the word of God given to us, that it's inspired by him, that it's handed down to us. And it's so important that we not only know what it says, but do our best to understand what it means to. We'll get into that a little bit more in just a second. And then the third part of our spiritual health is our church. It's our fellowship. It's our community of faith. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, you can be at church every single week of your life. You can show up every single Sunday 
and still have that be the weak point in your spiritual health. Um, Here's what I mean by this. I'll give you a perfect example. If you have a sin to confess, right, you're wrestling with a, a sin in your life, who would you go to to talk about it? That's the, that's the question that I would ask if you want to know if you're spiritually healthy as far as uh, your church community goes. Do you have somebody that you could go to and share that sin with, that they would pray with you, that they would hold you accountable, that they would lift you up? Now, now here's the deal. Don't come and tell me, say, oh, well, I'd go talk to the pastor. None of you are talking to me, okay? No. <laughs> All right? That's the reality. Do you have people that you can go to? Do you have those kind of relationships? Because it's easy enough to go to church, to go to a service, to talk about the Vikings with some of your friends. By the way, they're going to win today. (laughs) And then talk about the weather and then go home and, and live your life as if church has nothing to do with it, as if your faith has nothing to do with your life, and then come back the next week and do it all over again. I've seen it. I've seen it hundreds of times. I've seen people that have lived that way. And can I tell you something? That is not the point of the church. Right? If you just want to come and and be a part of a service, just go to a movie. It's cheaper. I mean, tithing is way more expensive than going to a movie, right? (laughs) But if you want relationship, if you want community, if you want people that you can turn to when you're going through something difficult, if you want people that you can confess your sin to, that can help you through a difficult time, that you can put an arm around somebody when when they're going through something difficult, that's what the church is about. And I've been pushing these small groups that we're starting this week for many weeks now. This is why. We need more than just coming to church on a Sunday, being entertained for an hour and 15 minutes. Pastor tells a few jokes. Most of them aren't that funny. Listen, if that's your experience, then you are missing out on what the kingdom of God is all about. But if you want to be a part of a community of believers, there are people here that want to engage you, that want to know you, that want to show you Christ's love. And it can be a complete game changer in your life. Your spiritual health is important. It affects every area of your life. Now, I'm going to break down each of those three things into three more things before we, we close this morning. Um, the first one I said is spirit, and that really has to do with prayer. Um, and then meditation is another practice that scripture talks about. Now, not meditation like Eastern meditation where we empty our mind of all thoughts and and let whatever's coming in come in. No, we meditate on the Word of God. Now, in order to meditate on the Word of God, you actually have to read the Word of God, okay? So that's that's also a, a step in the process. But once it's inside your head, then it needs to get inside your heart. And the way that happens is we think about God's Word. And it's not just the word that we read in the Bible, but it's the words that he speaks to us as well. So if we're praying, if we're spending time talking to God and listening to God, he speaks to us, he gives us something, and we can meditate on that word as well. And then the third area, and uh, this is, might be something that's, that's new to you or that you're not familiar with, but it's praying in the Spirit, the Bible talks about this, this language that he gives us as believers that we can, when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit prays on our behalf. 
that when we're filled with the Spirit, that he gives us this, this prayer language with groans and utterances that no one understands. Now, um, I don't know how it works, okay? If you're, if you're looking for the solution to that, if you want a logical explanation of why, why God chooses to use this as a gift, as something that's important to our faith, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. It works. When, when I'm going through a difficult time and when I'm struggling and when I pray in the Spirit, something changes inside of me. I can't explain it. I don't know why God chooses to use that, but it works and it's important. The second area is word, the word, the scripture. And, and there are three areas where I think we need to get the scripture into us. The first is just consuming it. It's reading it. It's hearing it. it. Maybe it's opening up the Bible app on your phone and listening to the scripture. That's incredible. That's so beneficial for us. Uh, maybe it's just sitting down and reading a chapter a day. Maybe it's um, uh, something uh, where you, you choose. I've had people who have done something called a 30-day shred, where they've read through the entire Bible in 30 days, just massive amounts of scripture. And you might think, well, that's too fast. I can't even understand anything that I'm reading then. No, I'm telling you, Getting it in your head, hearing those words, it has power in your life, right? This is not an, an ordinary book. This is not Harry Potter. This is not, it's, it's not To Kill a Mockingbird. This is, this is a book that was given to us by God. It has the power to change your life, okay? And then um, the second part of that is to study it, to know it to understand what it means. And that might mean that, that you have to bring in other resources that will help you understand. This, this Bible that we have was written over thousands of years, right? In different cultures and in, in different parts of history. And so understanding what the author's intent was and understanding what it means and then applying it to our lives today, that takes practice, that takes effort. It's not just a simple book where everything is right there on the surface. It requires study. It requires diligence. It requires knowing uh, what you're looking at. And then the third area is application. If you never do anything with Scripture and you just read it and understand it and know about it, it's completely worthless to your life. So it's, it's reading Scripture and saying, okay, God, what does this mean for me today? How does this affect the way that I live? What does this teach me about who you are? Or what does this teach me about who I am? Asking those questions is so important because then it becomes something that, that changes us. It's not just information. It's life-changing. So there's spirit, there's word, and there's the church. Three areas in the church. If you've been here to church for a while, you've probably heard these before, but, but this, is, this is really what I think it's all about. It's relationship with God. It's community with each other or fellowship. And it's a mission to reach the world. That's what the church is about. That's what the church was about from the very beginning. You read about it in the book of Acts. They came together and worshiped together. They grew in their relationship with God. They began to understand and know him better. They were filled with the Spirit. And then they were a community of believers too. It says that they, when they had needs 
Everybody came together and met those needs. When they didn't have a place to stay, somebody would invite them into their home. When they were struggling financially, somebody came alongside them and supported them. When they needed something to eat, when they needed encouragement, when they needed prayer for healing, that's what the church was about. It was about that community. It was about that fellowship. It was about the operation of of the gifts of the Spirit within the body of Christ. And then it's about a mission to reach the world. Jesus gave this as as his final instructions. He said, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The mission that he gave the disciples, the primary mission of the church, is to reach the world with the message of the gospel. And we as a church have been handed that responsibility down through the generations. And it periods of time that has been done better than others, and and certain churches have have been really effective in that ministry, but that's always been the point of the church, that this community would not just be uh, an exclusive group or a country club where you pay your membership dues and you come together, but that it would be something that would be, um, that something that would start on the inside and explode outward. That as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, that as we grow in relationship with him, and as we grow in community with each other and love for each other, that we would welcome others into that community as well. There are a lot of different ways that that can happen as a church. You know, one of the, one of the ways that, that you can do that is by giving. Maybe God has blessed you financially, and he's called you to be faithful with that. And so you can give to support missions. You can give to the work of the ministry all around the world. Um, that's, that's one way of fulfilling that mission. But then also, God has called us to go, too. Not just to give. It's, it's, sometimes it's easier to write a check than to say, yeah, I'm going to do that myself. You know, we as a, a staff have been, um, we've been, every week trying to come together and and what I ask them to do is to share a story of somebody that they've interacted with, that they've shared their faith with, that they've had a conversation with, and it's pushed us as a team to be constantly thinking about who we're sharing our faith with. You know why? Because people are dying and going to hell and they need the truth of the gospel. And God has given us that assignment to share the hope of the gospel with them. And you might be thinking, well, that's great for somebody else. Last I checked, if you're a disciple of Christ, you're included in that calling. And God has given us that responsibility. He's entrusted that to us. There is no plan B outside of the church of Jesus Christ. Right? This was his plan to spread the message of the gospel to the world. And so if you are part of the family of God, then you are a part of that calling. Don't let that scare you. Be encouraged by that. God thought that you were worthy of that calling. He chose you. He wanted you as a part of his team. He wanted you to be involved in that in that mission. So how do we achieve this health? Well, the answer isn't necessarily the most popular one. It's not one of 
my favorite things to talk about or even think about for that matter. It's this word called discipline. And the worst kind of discipline is self-discipline. <laughs> Do you know that the Bible talks way too much about self-discipline? In fact, I, I just Googled all the different verses on self-discipline. I think, that, I think I came up with 89 results that talked about this particular topic. So we're going to read them all this morning. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to read a few of them, though. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. For, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 25, 28, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. One more, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. So here's the deal. If discipline is the key to health in all of these areas, how do we go about doing that? Because it's easy to say, just try harder. And then you go out and you're like, oh, I feel discouraged already. I've tried before and failed. Uh, Let me give you some practical advice. Start with one thing at a time. One habit at a time. Focus on that one thing. Listen, if you try to change everything at once in your life, you are going to be uh, miserable and you're probably going to fall on your face. Uh, Research actually tells us that we all have a limited amount of discipline each day. And once that discipline has run its course and expired, then we no longer have any more discipline for that day. So if you use up all your discipline on something that's not that important, then you don't have any discipline left to change the thing that's most important. So find the thing that's most important and start there and start practicing discipline. Now, I'm going to make another suggestion here. I want you to go streaking. See, now now you get a little bit, everybody's like, yes, that's what I've been waiting for. Now, I'm not talking about taking your clothes off and running all over the place. Listen, what I mean by go streaking is is go for a streak on something. This, This is something incredibly powerful about doing this. This is something that my family and I have adopted, and we've been doing 30 day streaks of different things. And we started back in August. And we, we um, my girls play soccer, and I wanted them to get a little bit better with their first touch. And so I had them practice juggling every single day for 30 days, for 15 minutes a day. And let me, let me show you what I mean. And I said, here's the deal. If you do this, I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. I'll practice 15 minutes a day, even though I'm old and I have relatively no use for this whatsoever. And if we do it, If we accomplish our goal, we're all going to go to the Minnesota United game together. And so we we set up a calendar. We put it on the cupboard in our kitchen. And each day they they wrote down when they did their 15 minutes. And they wrote down how many times they were able to juggle the ball before it hit the ground. And, uh, And Lord started doing it with us too. And then after 17 days, she's like, listen, this is stupid. I have no use for this. I quit. 
And then, and Ella, I didn't put her on the chart initially because she's only four. And I'm like, ah, she can't do it. She got so mad at me. She's like, where's my name on the chart, dad? So she went out and, and we crossed off Laura's name and put Ella's instead. <laughs> and so we did this every day. And, and you know what? I found that I got a lot better at juggling. Now, listen, I'm going to do something right now. I'm going to risk utter humiliation in front of you. I thought about, I'm like, I'm just going to do this on video. And then I, if I mess up, you know, I, I can be, uh, no problem. We'll just record a new video. But listen, I'm going to risk humiliation in front of you. And I'm going to demonstrate what I learned over the past 30 days. Prior to doing this, the most times that I had juggled the ball was like 10 times. And I got as high as 55 at one point this month. Now, Cindy, do you trust me as your pastor that I'm not going to kick you in the face with this ball? Um. <laughs> That's what I thought. We're going to do it anyway. You might want to just, you know. See? All right. Ah! All right. So not terrible, right? That was high pressure, I got to say. So after those 30 days, that was such a success. We're like, what can we do next? So the next month, we decided to do a spiritual challenge. And we all read our Bibles every single day for 30 days. And um, there, that, the requirement was about 15 minutes. In fact, we had our kids, we printed out these little sheets, and, and they used the SOAP method, which is scripture. You write a verse out, observations, some things you've noticed from what you read, application, um, what you learned through that text that you can apply to your life, and then prayer. You pray out the scriptures. And, uh, and they did that every day for 30 days. And um, like Kayla, my oldest, is super disciplined. So for her, she's, she's already doing devotions every night. She had no problem with that. For Mia, she's a different personality. And so for her, it was really a challenge to like do this rigidly every day. And for the soccer thing, she's probably the one that struggled the most. You know, she started doing something really cool during this month. I, I saw her bring her Bible and sit at the kitchen table, and she would open her Bible first thing in the morning. She's like, I want to do it now, because if I don't do it now, I'll forget later throughout the day. And I saw that di discipline develop in her life over that month as we read the scriptures together. And now this month, we're doing a, a physical strength challenge. And I think this is something that we'll keep doing every month. But there's power in saying, I'm going to try something for 30 days. And, and you can grow an incredible amount as you develop those skills, as you work on that. Now, what you do with your discipline will ultimately affect your health. So look at the area of your life that's least healthy. Maybe it's your physical health. Maybe it's your emotional health. Maybe you're struggling in that area. Maybe it's your spiritual health. Where can I grow? What can I do in my life to make an improvement, to find health in that area? And as you grow progressively in that area and it becomes an area of strength, you're going to see that it impacts every area of your life as well. So take a second and listen to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, show me where I need to grow. Show me where I need to be more healthy, where I need to be more disciplined, and then help me to come up with a plan so that I can be more spiritually mature, so that I can be emotionally healthy, so that I can be physically healthy. 
And then find people in your life to come alongside you and support you and hold you accountable. That's not always fun. But that's why it's so important to be a part of a community, to be a part of a church, to have relationships that go beyond the surface, to have friends that know you and can stand alongside you and encourage you when you're struggling and can, and can build you up when you're lacking. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that you are good. And Lord, that you demonstrated what it means to live a perfect life. That, that Jesus, you came to this earth and showed us how we ought to live. Lord, we fall short of that so often. There's so many things in our life that are, that are holding us back from being who you want us to be. But Lord, you haven't given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a, a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so Lord, we rely on you. We rely on your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to mature. Help us to become more like you in every area of our lives. Lord, we give you this day. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.